told Mike's gonna like this song because it has something to do with the Leafs. I don't know. I don't care. It's a hot beat. It's playoff time. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that was um, a sample of, I think it's, what is it, Kerncraft 500, 600, 7,000? I don't know. I think it was the, the Leafs goal song for a while, but I'm not even a Leafs fan anymore, so I don't even remember these things. Janera and Mike are just shaking their heads right now. You just hurt Mike. So he just turned it off 40 seconds into the pot. He's like, I'm done. How can I be a hockey fan right now? He's not making you a pop now. He's not making you a pop. Listen, how can I be a hockey fan right now? I'm in the semis. I've won 10 of my last 11 games. I'm in the top three in guillotine. The Dolphins just won 30 to nothing. We're in the driver's seat for the two seed, which I would like to change that and say we're in the driver's seat for the the one seed, but that's not going to happen. Thanks, Baltimore fuckers. Uh, Does the two seed matter anymore? Honestly, the two seed might be 2-7 versus Buffalo. So that is not an ideal spot for the AFC number two seed. But anyway, here we are, Tones. Are you excited to talk about the quarterfinals because you have no first-round draft pick and are in the loser bracket? Your thoughts? I could not be less excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's great. I just, yeah. Are you you excited to see me? I was happy we got some drama on Monday night. Like, that was great. Um, But... Outside of that, I I am counting down the days till summertime for obvious reasons. Summertime. And for returned optimism as I begin my research for 2024. This year is dead to me. Goodbye. On to the next. Can't wait till it's over. So what you're saying is the only reason why you're doing this podcast is to see my face. That's, That's right. That's what I'm hearing. I just don't want to disappoint Dan. You know, he always gets so sad when we don't do a pod. You know, Dan's a good guy. We need to we need to keep him happy. Is he Dan's Dan's going through it right now? Tough guy. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So this week, the two bye week teams were Nick, who put up 141 points on his bye, and Franco, who put up 129 points on his bye. Those guys would have beaten every single other team in the quarterfinals in the championship bracket, being myself, Rob, Rich, and Dan. Um, Tones, did they blow their load too early with that score, or are they just ready for the semis? Well, you know, you blow your load, nothing nothing wrong about that a little early, you know. It's okay. It happens to everybody. Um, nah, man, these teams are really good. They're really fucking good, man. This is what they've been doing all year. So, no, we should not be surprised. I think, like, this is why. Like, I, my, my, my hesitations with Nick's team just doesn't matter, and that's why I picked him to beat you in the semis. I'm like, it just doesn't matter. He's got the magic, man. But Christian McCaffrey, another big game next week. Would you be shocked at all? No, he's fucking Christian McCaffrey. He's the only good fantasy running back. Week in, week out. Like, yes, he's the guy. Uh, and Franco's team's been dynamite, man. And again, like, we've had our reservations, but the numbers are there, yep. right? Like, it's just they find a way, and that's without them, like, you know, making defensive matchup moves or swapping out kickers or doing some bullshit, right? So, um, yeah, man, I think you guys should all be very scared going to, going up against those guys. It's the semis for a reason, man. These teams 100%. are good. They're yep, all good. 100%. It is the top four, by the way, in terms of seeding. We don't always get that, but we got it this year. The five and six seeds were eliminated in Dan and Rob. And let's start by jumping into my matchup. And the only reason is because there was super late drama that half the league was dialed into. So, Tones, you want to tee us up for what the fuck happened in this matchup? Oh, my. Oh, my God. This one was a roller coaster. How are you feeling during this? So you end up beating Rob 123-117, but the story was you were not looking good. After Saturday, it was, I thought it was over. It was blouses. I'm like, this thing's done. But here comes Doors into the chat going, let's let my team fucking put, like, get on the field before we bury them or whatever the fuck you said. And I was like, wow, that is some big (laughs) dick on the table energy right there. And I appreciated it and I loved it. And you backed it up 
with a nail biter of a win. I think I don't think you thought it was going to be that close. Did no. you? You were confident. I was confident. So, and I took screenshots to to keep the receipts on this one, just like two has been doing all season, keeping those receipts. Um, Rob was up ninety one to eighteen coming into Sunday at one p.m. I was a twenty percent underdog based on Yahoo's projections. And I was looking at my team, and to be honest, I've actually exceeded my projections for like 10 of the last 11 weeks during this stretch that I've been on. One of the reasons being Taysom Hill always gets two points to his projection total. So it always kind of starts a little sketchy. And then for some reason, the projections that they give always builds up as the week goes on. I don't really know why. So I'll cut to the chase here. I know that Rob had some really explosive guys go off. I just wasn't so scared of some of the other matchups that he had. And I knew that I had some big spots ready to go. And that's the way it came out. Now let's go into Monday and we'll kind of fill in the blanks as we go here. But on Monday before kickoff, I was an 83% favorite and all I needed was nine points. In fact, 8.2 points or something like that. I just needed nine fucking points out of two players. I cannot believe how this came down to the wire on Monday night. I could have, because DK's not reliable, man. The kicker I thought would get you there, but yeah, I, I definitely thought you would pull it out, but like, yeah, man, it was like, relying on DK is a little dicey, a little dicey. We all know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fucking wild, that, like, I just can't even believe you were in that scenario, because like, like, talk about Saturday, right? Gibbs, 23 points, Laporta, 26 points, Ty Chandler, finally, living up to his, like, the hype that everyone, everyone loves this guy for some yeah. reason, finally looked pretty good. I was like, shit, man, this guy actually looks solid. 23 points. I thought you were dead. I thought it was over. Like who would have thought that Jamar Chase wouldn't do well or Brandon Ayuk wouldn't do well. Like obviously Garrett Wilson, you're not assuming anything great. Like you can, you can expect four points sometimes. Other times. Yeah. You're just hoping that the volume's there like crazy, but you guys smashed them. So it is what it is. And Saquon was not good. So like Literally, the only three players that did anything on his team all played on Saturday, and his team just laid an egg on Sunday, which is brutal. But uh, and you got a ton of touchdowns. Like you were just, you were just, your guys were just popping it in. Even Jaden Reed's getting in the end zone. Love to see it uh, with Chris Olave so, out. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I mean, let's let's break it down with some player stuff. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I think it starts with Jalen Waddle, right? Because this is a guy who. I kept, I've been waiting on all season long and you know, as a Waddle owner in another league, and I certainly know as a Dolphins fan, Waddle's had a a season from hell that doesn't necessarily look like that on paper because you see that he's been playing, but he's always on the injury report and sure. So is Raheem Mostert every week on the injury report. That's just for maintenance. Waddle's been legitimately banged up with multiple injuries that have nearly forced him to miss multiple games. And he's been on the verge of something very dangerous this year in terms of what that in those injuries have looked like. So for him to finally show up and doing it against a tough Jets secondary in the week that Tyreek Hill did not play, I knew it was in him. It was just a matter of time. That's that's the caveat, right? It's it's Tyreek not there. Like, if he's there, he's not dropping 100%. But, yeah, he delivered. Like, he delivered in the biggest moment. Like, who cares about the rest, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have not talked about Raheem Mostert enough. This fucking ancient banged up remember this guy most injury prone player ever and he's 31 years old he's 20 fucking touchdowns you took him in the seventh round let me pull it up here 708 okay i'd make a case probably the best pick in the draft no like he's he's up there it's got to be up there let me see if i can find some other candidates here yeah while you're doing that i'll kind of speak to him for a second because he's the rb2 on the year his 20 touchdowns 
18 rushing to receiving exceed his total touchdowns in his 10 year career, eight year career. So he has more all purpose touchdowns this year than in the rest of his career combined. And one of the big reasons why that's the case is, of course, the Dolphins explosive offense. But let's be honest, no one wanted Raheem Mostert in our draft and no one wanted Raheem Mostert in weeks five, six and seven when I was trying to sell him because everyone was afraid of him getting injured. I wasn't as afraid. No, no, Go no. Go ahead. I think the story. So I, I double check because I was looking yeah. at this. I had him start on my list. I liked Raheem Mostert a lot. I'm like, you're getting a starter late rounds. Why the fuck not? The reason he was discounted was if you remember, the Dalvin Cook thing was lingering, ah, right. right? And Miami was very much in the running. You kept seeing the tweets. You kept seeing the tweets. So their ADP was at bay. And I felt like right before like our the late drafts came in, like ours, he started to kind of slowly creep up. He still went in the seventh round, which is essentially the 10th round of our league. So like... He came late, and of course, yeah, he's 31. That obviously factors in. You also don't know what, like, Jeff Wilson, who had moments yep. last year, like, what's he going to do? They also drafted a guy that a lot of people were excited about in A-Chain. I was not maybe super excited about it, but, like, yeah, it turned into a muddy backfield with, hey, we could also muddy it up even more by signing fucking Dalvin Cook, and next thing you know, who the hell's getting the ball? Um, that was what I remember, at least. So it's funny how we sit back here like a few months later and like forget some of these details. But we, right? like we did so draft at the end this. of August and early September. And just to clarify for the record, Dalvin Cook signed in mid-August. So by the time that we drafted, it was clear that the combination of Wilson, A-Chain, and Mostert were going to be there. And A-Chain was going to start the year hurt. And so was um, Wilson. So Brahim Mostert was the starter. And I think a lot yeah, of yeah. the concern came down to injury. And I think a lot of the concern when I tried to sell this guy off came down to the combination of injury and A-Chain's impending return. And that's fine and that's fair. But he actually gained 10 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason and changed his body to become more of a bruiser who can also run away with lightning speed at the same time. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I knew Raheem Mostert was going to be the fucking RB2 on the year. I thought this was a guy who was going to start for me for five or six weeks, was going to be on my bench, maybe depth, potentially IR. What he's done has been outstanding, and I'm glad that we're mentioning his name in this conversation because he deserves it. I mean, RB2 on the year, man. Nothing else you can say about that. Yeah, yeah. it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, let's talk about some downsides here, some things to be concerned about going yeah. into the semis. What's up with Dak? What was that game? I mean, I made some money off it, which is great. Shout out Bender. But like... Dak looked terrible. The whole offense looked really bad. Seven points and 17 the week prior against a pretty juicy Philly matchup. I mean, he's got the Miami Dolphins this week, which could be a shootout, could not be a shootout. It's a 50-point over-under. I think that's insane. Like, I could see that being, like, a much lower scoring game than maybe people realize. But, like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, again, your quarterback conundrum here continues like what did Tua do this past week I don't think it was anything crazy right 12 points 30 nothing win right didn't need him right so it's like cool quarterback issues now with Doria's team depending on you know how this all shakes out we can that can write the ship no problem uh but I gotta talk about I gotta talk about Jason Hill are you running it back like what's the deal like you know how many more times are we doing this that's it and it's it's because Darren Waller's back really so uh, coming into this week Waller was activated oh what's that Darren Waller, forgot yeah, about him. Yeah, he's been him. sitting on my IR ever since you offered me a sixth form, and I said no because I was like, you know what? 
I'd rather just see what this guy ends up being. And he had a couple great weeks. And then as expected, just like you said, and we all knew he was on the IR for the next five weeks. So activated him against the Saints, six targets, four receptions, 40 yards. It's not good, but it's not Taysom Hill one point bad. And so now that he's had a healthy game under his belt, they're going into Philly. They're going to be down. They're going to throw. Darren Waller's in my lineup right now. I don't see any situation where that changes. Taysom Hill plays on Thursday for what it's worth, um, that Thursday night game against the Rams. He will not be in my lineup at, at any point. So now that Waller's back and I know that he's on the field and he's played a healthy game under him, there's no injury designation so far yet this week, he's going to be back in. But Taysom Hill was a nice fill-in. You know what I mean? I'll take the one point when there's other guys that Mike's picking up with zero targets and zero catches. So I'll take it. Well, just be better. The answer is be yeah, better. But no, the, the Taysom Hill um, era has effectively ended. Yeah, Darren, fuck. Yeah. I thought Darren Waller was going to go crazy this Thanks, year. I really did. God, I can't believe I can't believe I bought into that. Yeah, which is like, of course, right? Like, of course, that's why he fucking he kept sitting there. I remember in the draft because he kind of fell. Like he was he was a big riser. I remember yeah. in the summer, and like some people were taking him like tight end three, and I thought I would have to take him if I wanted him like in the third round, which is just way too rich. But he kept dropping and dropping and dropping. I have it up here. Like, where did you end up taking him? It was like kind of late. Yeah, the mid round sandwich. And I thought I was going to get him at the three oh six if I wanted him to. And I was like, man, like, I was kind of like, I just he was sitting there, sitting there. I think, yeah, I passed on three times. I remember thinking, I just can't do it. Like, I just can't. Like, he's old. He just always gets hurt. Like, I know he can just smash for the first like four weeks and have like ten targets a game and just be like this superstar. But like, man, I just. I just couldn't do it, and I remember having regrets about it, but thankfully... If, if Tommy DeVito's looking for a safety blanket against two fairly, you know... Oh, sure. Yeah. It's not Jalen Hyatt, my superstar <laughs> wide receiver, too? Come on. Over the middle to uh, to Darren Waller. Uh, yeah, Taysom Hill's played his last game in my jersey, and it's funny because you, uh, you mentioned that mid-round pick of Darren Waller. He was basically sandwiched between Cam Akers, Jahan Dotson, Drake London... Just some of the worst picks in the draft in the mid-rounds for me. And so what did I do this year? I went out oh, and I traded man. all my mid-round draft picks so that I don't have to make those decisions again. <laughs> um, Smart. Oh, my God. Traylon Burke, 6 That is another Bob terrible pick by me. Holy. Let's move on to Rob's Yikes. side before we get into some of the... Yikes. Oh, you got Romeo Dubes <laughs> oh, over here. Yeah. I haven't looked at the draft board in a it's long time. We should. We usually dissect this by now, but it's like, eh, it's okay. it's like, whatever. What can you do? Pod for eight people. Let's talk about Rob because uh, we mentioned a few guys that exploded on his team this year, uh, this week, and we need to talk about them. Um, you, I think we all love Sam Laporta at this point, right? There's just not a single person in this league who doesn't oh. love this man, both for his name and his ability. Jude Laporta. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what do you have? Three touchdowns this week? Like, what a freak, man! He's so fucking good, man. Yeah, He's so good. Um, and it's his rookie year. Remember when rookie tight ends like never used to do anything, and now this year there's like five Remember that Kyle Pitts? Pretty wild. Yeah, RAP, eh? Holy shit! Oh god, I'll still, I'll never give up. I, I'm still a believer. Let's just let's get Artie Smith Hit. out of here. Um, yeah, <laughs> Laporta was great. Jameer Gibbs looked really good. Um, I think both guys like. Rob's keeper decisions are pretty interesting. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Obviously, I know we all know his love for tight end. So, like, would that shock yeah. anyone if he keeps Laporta? But then, like, who are you dropping, right? Is Garrett Wilson back in the draft? Um, is Gibbs playing himself into the keeper conversation? I think four weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago, you're probably thinking, eh, not so much. But he's producing even with Montgomery yeah. back. So, 
that's exactly what he needed to prove, right, in order for him to get keeper status. So I don't know. Rob's got I, – I feel like we say this every year. Rob has interesting decisions. He's always like the fucking four seed, and he's always out in the first round in the last handful of years other than his chip year, and we're like, cool, Rob has interesting decisions, and it's like – what are you going to do? But yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to do. I said it last doing. week. A couple of his drops are going to be going in the first round and it doesn't matter who he keeps and who he doesn't keep. I genuinely feel that way. There's some guys with some high profile talent here and we'll talk about one of the reasons why Rob, you know, and I think we've touched on it last week as well, but why the season went the way it did and why some of these players just could not, you know, get over the hump. But I do think that there's a lot of talent and I think that that's going to be recognized when we get to August, September of our draft next year. Yeah. Um, keeping it yeah. to this week, should Njoku have been in the lineup? The only way Njoku makes it into his lineup is as if you sit Saquon Barkley. Because if you look at his RB1 and RB2 spots, you've got Saquon and Jameer Gibbs. I mean, who doesn't start those two guys? The pickup of Ty Chandler, which we'll talk about, we'll talk about right now, 23 points for Ty Chandler in a, in a spot that I, you know, I would have picked him up if I thought he was going to put up 23 points on Thursday against Cincinnati. And that's a wonderful start. You're not benching Laporta for Njoku because Laporta had 26 points, which led no. his entire team, all players. So Njoku's 21 points sit on Rob's bench. In theory, yeah, that would have put him over the hump this week. It would have beaten me. But where do you fit him in, Tones? Because if you fit Chandler into the Saquon it's- spot, Njoku then gets to go into your tight end. And we do the dual tight end flex. So what are your thoughts? I, I'm sure everyone rolls their eyes when I bring up shit like this because it's like this is a process over results thing and we always talk about this stuff when it's when we see the results, right? But like going into the week, I remember looking at his lineup going like Ty Chandler starting and I'm like, what's this guy ever done? Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, he's just had opportunities in the past and he's never seized it. And finally he did this week, but I thought that was a dicey move, like really dicey and like Njoku's been getting tons of targets been doing everything you need to do he looks like you want to talk about Kyle Pitts Njoku was supposed to be fucking Kyle Pitts back in the day we don't remember this but he was like a mid first round pick in the NFL draft he was like a freak of nature coming out takes guys time it's what you're six for this guy and he's finally like proving out to be like what he could be and obviously it's a two-game situation so like whatever but another juicy matchup against Chicago I don't know man I, I just Again, like if I was just trying to build my lineup, I think I would have tried to get him in that flex spot. Um, and to continue it, like you make the moves of Josh Palmer, you make the moves of Zamir White to not start him in a do or die kind of week. And like, I get why you're getting him, but like, you know, Josh Palmer's not suddenly going to become a fucking keeper going into next year. And Zamir White's not going to become a keeper going into next year. Like, it's just like, yeah, they're making these moves to start these guys or you're not. Like, depth doesn't matter at this point, right? Um, so I don't know. There was a couple, again, like it's all like everyone's rolling their eyes right now. Cause they're like, oh, whatever tones, like, what are you going to do? Like sub in Zamir white and bench Barkley? Like, no, of course not. But I'm like, I just thought that there was f- probably three better options going into the week than Ty Chandler in the flex. If I'm just looking at it going into the week, I don't know. If I know what you're saying, sense, but, but the only thing that counteracts everything you're saying is that Ty Chandler was his third best performer on the week. So it worked out. So I, but this is what I'm saying. That's why it's revisionist history. Like, that's why it's an awkward yeah. conversation to have yeah. after the fact. But again, I want to reiterate, Ty Chandler's done literally zero in the league. Like, literally I, zero. Like, 
I wouldn't have been shocked if he ended up being the RB2 on his own fucking team this week. I will we say this know. about like, the strategy of picking up Josh Palmer and Zamir White. And you see a guy like Ryan do this a lot, especially this year. I think he's picked up and dropped Kenny Gainwell three weeks in a row and not started him, just sitting him mm-hmm. on the bench. Because what happens is when you have these players that are playing in these primetime games, whether it's the Monday game or the Thursday game to begin or end the week, what you can do is you can pick up a guy to fill a roster spot, but then immediately drop him if he doesn't perform and then fill that spot with somebody else. So with Rob, he picks up Josh Palmer to see, and look, don't quote me on this, but if I'm doing this and I see it, I understand what he's doing. I'm going to pick up Josh Palmer to see if he and Easton Stick have something going. And if he looks like with Keenan out, the wide receiver one on this team and puts up the way he does, maybe Josh Palmer ends up being elevated to wide receiver three or flex next week. And he's sitting on my bench. And if he doesn't, I drop his ass the moment that game ends on Thursday. And I immediately then go and pick up somebody else to fill that spot. So it's just, you're taking a flyer on a guy with an empty roster spot. You may as well take a shot. We have the four ads a week. Take a shot. I get what these guys are doing. Again, Ryan's done it with Gainwell three weeks in a row. If something happens to the starter. But Ryan and Rob are in different spots in terms of roster. Like, I don't know. Listen, when I'm in the playoffs, like last year, all I couldn't have given a fuck about my bench. Like, it's about one week. I want to build the best starting roster I possibly can. Right? Like, who gives a fuck who's on your bench? Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, the days of holding on to handcuffs and wishing that things happen perfectly. Like there is no next week. Josh Palmer went off. Guess what? Rob can't start him next week. He's not fucking playing next week. So I don't know. Again, it's just like, it's just process over results. I don't know. It's silly shit to bring up, but like, whatever. Anyway, let's talk about things that matter. Rob's downfall. Like what happened to Rob this year? Because every year we go into it. I liked his team a lot this year. Some things like, I just feel like his receiving core just got decimated, right? Like two guys that he was really relying on, and Garrett Wilson loses Aaron Rodgers early. Now has to deal with fucking yep. Zach Wilson, right? Jamar Chase, like day one, if you owned a Bengal this year, it was tough sledding, especially early. Like Mixon was terrible. Like fucking Higgins was like one of the biggest busts of the year. It was just bad all around. And then they lose Burrow for the year. And it's like, cool. Like Chase has still put up numbers, has his spike weeks, but like it's nothing, it's not consistent. You know what I mean? It's not the Jamar Chase yep. that we're used to seeing. So it's just tough, man. Like it's, you know, Saquon's pretty much washed at this point. Like, I don't know. I just think a lot of things kind of broke wrong for Rob this year, and he tried to adjust a little bit, but I think it was a little too little too late. I think, obviously, he had the ba- he has his baby, so, like, you know, <laughs> he's not fully engaged. I get that. But, like, I think there were some trades to be made here if Rob wanted to be actually competitive. Um, maybe he needed to, right? Maybe he needed to say, hey, here's Jamar Chase in a year that he might not be right. Give me a package of three fucking guys and let's go, right? If you actually want to win again, but like I don't know, I know no, it's crazy, it's Garrett Wilson. Well, that's I that's chopped, it, right? right? So, like you, I would have. I I, I'm going to come Wilson. back to that. This I have a story on Garrett Wilson. It's funny. I actually didn't prompt you for this at all, but oh, there is nice. something I want to say about him. But for the first part, I want to say here is that when I look at this roster, I look at a roster that was never aligned with success at the same time. Half the guys were succeeding in one portion of the season. Half the guys were succeeding in the second half. Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, Brandon Ayuk, these guys came on late, right? These were just guys who first half of the season, maybe not so good. Jamar Chase, great first start to, start to the season. Saquon Barkley, up and down to start the year. Justin Fields gets hurt in the middle of the year. Jameer Gibbs has this chunk at the beginning of the season where he's just not performing yet because they need to give him the shot and then they finally do and then he becomes a stud. It's like 
there was maybe one week where this team put all of the pieces together and Rob smashed for about 150 or 160. Other than that, it seemed like no one, and I know it's fantasy football, it's like the players aren't talking to each other on this fucking team, but no one was on the same page at the same time. And the one that you mentioned to me, the one that stands out the most is Garrett Wilson sitting in that wide receiver two or three spot. Garrett Wilson has not been it this year. And it's not a fault of his own because the talent is there. And anyone who watches the guy knows the talent is there. Rob loves young talent. Who doesn't? But Rob loves his young talent. And in mid-October, when I was starting to sell and I was on the CD train, got him to Dan, I was looking to move Waddle and Mostert as the two next big pieces. I mentioned Mostert already. No one wanted him. I explained why. I understand. I was also putting Waddle on the table. Now, in hindsight, you could look at it and say, well, Alex, uh, Jalen Waddle did not have a good season. Everybody was right not to trade for him. But my offer was give me Wilson, Garrett Wilson, and a pick, first or a second, for Waddle, Mostert, and I'll throw in like a fourth or a fifth, something like that. Just something where I get the young play. Garrett Wilson and a first. I don't remember what exactly the deal. I don't remember what exactly the deal was. My point is to say Garrett Wilson was a zero on his roster this year, and I told him that. And I said, if you're looking to compete for a championship, this is not a guy that you can have on your roster heading into the playoffs because he is going to sink you with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. And I understand not wanting to give him up. But that's the move that Dan makes to put Dan into a position to succeed in the playoffs and project him for 130 a week. Now, Dan being a bad example this year because he's out. However, I'm just saying, sometimes you got to take your shots, right? And with either of those guys on his roster and not on mine, this situation this week doesn't happen. Hindsight is easy. I understand. But my point is, Garrett Wilson was doing nothing for him. And if he thought that he was going to compete for a championship this year, you can't have that guy on your team going into the, the playoffs. That's it. You're, you're speaking to your, yeah, I, I think you're bang on. Cause you're speaking to a larger point of like Rob was the six seed and rightfully so he was toiling in the middle and didn't know what to do with what direction wise with his roster and maybe just didn't care. Wasn't paying attention. Like, sure. That's fine. Yep. I, I buy all of that, but like, yeah, you're either trying to win now or you're just planning for the future. But you never want to be in the middle. And I just think Rob is just trying to middle it this year. And, hey, let's see the chips fall where they may. And, look, this might turn out to yep. be a genius move, right? If Rodgers is back next year or if the Jets draft a new QB that's actually good or bring in somebody, like, who the fuck knows, right? And, like, actual an actual good backup next year who's, like, you know, where are all the good backup quarterbacks? There's, like, one. Yep. It's Gardner Minshew. Like, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, like, if if... Like, if Garrett Wilson can bounce back next year, and obviously Burrow will be back next year, we hope, and, like, yeah, like, all of a sudden we could see the vision, right? And so maybe he was just totally fine with just being in the middle, but I'm with you. Like, that is a move Dan makes. That is a move that, like, I would 100%, if I was trying to win this year, I would have 100% traded Garrett Wilson. Even if I didn't want to win this year, I would have probably traded Garrett Wilson as well. Like, it's just, like, I've talked about this so many times on the pod this year, like, what if Aaron Rodgers yeah. sucks next year, which is very realistic for a 41-year-old off an Achilles yeah. injury? Now what? Now you're into year four of Garrett Wilson, year three, no, year three of Garrett Wilson, not producing. He's basically produced for half a season in his rookie year. Are we sure he's a keeper? Are right. we sure he's that dude? I don't know, right? Now you're starting to ask these questions. There's 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 a time to sell certain guys and a time not to, and I don't know. We all get enamored with the youths, but... Sometimes they don't pan out, man. Like most of the time. Before we move on, the one thing I'll say that I'm really proud of this year that I finally took 10 years to realize in this league is adjust to what is happening with your roster and act accordingly and pounce on trades. And for me, I saw a team that wasn't producing and I was one in three to start the year. I traded CeeDee Lamb because I thought he was at his height. I was wrong. 
And that's fine. But I got a second round pick and I later got a second round pick for somebody else out of Ryan. And I said to myself, I'm in a good spot right now. But then when I saw an opportunity and I looked at my schedule and said, I could be the three or the four seed and have a good first round matchup against a Mike or a, um, a Rob, I went for it. And mind you, the guys that I picked up, the DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, not like these guys are moving the needle a big ton, but like DK's won me two weeks in the year. Dak has won me two or three weeks on the year. So you just adjust to what's going on. And I don't want to be a team anymore to sit on the fence. And this is not a, a, a PSA to the rest of the league saying, hey, do things this way. I'm just saying, I'm happy that I did that. And I'm feeling the rewards of that now in the semis, no matter how much further I go or not, I'm in a good spot. I made my choice. And here we go on to the semifinals. Yep. Let's move on to the other yep. side. Yeah. Just go one direction yep. or the other. I like it. Uh, this matchup. Oh my God. We were so excited and it turned into a fucking whoopee cushion. <laughs> absolute dog shit. Rich defeating Dan. 113 93. Um, Rich barely had a team left. <laughs> I mean, he was stitching this thing together, man. Like, no Tyreek Hill, yeah. no Pacheco. He loses Moss and Pittman mid game. Like, that is devastating. Like, it's one thing to lose guys going into the week, and a guy as important as Tyreek, like, you never want to see it. But there's nothing that is more brutal in the playoffs than when you lose a guy in, like, the first quarter. And then the Pittman thing, finding out at the end of the game, yeah, he's going to be fine. It's like, well, why didn't you come back, dude? Like, it's so annoying. But anyway, for Rich, he somehow skates by, and he gets through it. Uh, much of the reason why is the Raiders' defense. Rich is the waiver god. No one else is the waiver god. He is the waiver god. And if anyone who claims they have a, a claim to that throne, you're just fucking wrong. And just look at the tape. Like, Rich has just been doing this year after year after year. He continues to do it this year. Zach Moss is an excellent pickup. He's had tons of injuries all year long. And he's managed to piece this thing together and be very, very fucking good. Uh, but yeah, like, what a what an amazing turn of events. Also... Dan's getting professional help. We're not talking about this enough. You're right. Get Frank Amarante or whatever. Am I right? I, every time I read, I go, Frank, am I right? Um, why is that not his handle? Uh, like, come on. This guy is a fantasy pros guy. We should like, have Frank on break. the pod like, and talk to him about what he's been doing for Dan's we yeah, should. I'd bonus love to, pod actually. this year. I'd love to. Um, Hot take yeah, machine, two things, this guy. Two oh things. God, you covered that really, really well, Tones. And the, the, two, the two things, excuse me, that I'll say. First of all, to be on the verge of picking up a player, it's happened to all of us. We're staring at a guy, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, he's unavailable. Why? Oh, my God. Dan, Nick, Rich, oh, Dan, so someone picked him up, and you're like, oh, holy shit, I was that close. But it never comes back to haunt you in the way that this does. When you're staring a situation in the face where your opponent picks up a player that changes the trajectory of this matchup. And... I mean, if you take the 26 points out of Rich's lineup and you put in a defense that did not have a good day and you plug that into Dan's, like anything goes at that point. The funniest thing about all of this being he did it to keep New Orleans defense, then dropped New Orleans defense and just started KC instead. It was just a wild turn of events. I feel like Dan was so defeated already by that I think point. Didn't the Saints D have a pretty good day I think too? It was like, what did they have? Better than it eight, matter? No, not to cover 20 points. Wouldn't have no, been a 20 not, point not, swing. Yeah, yeah. Not quite that bad. But you have to look at this from Rich's standpoint. And like you said, dealing with injuries, the injuries that he had coming in with Tyreek, Pacheco, Jonathan Taylor still not being ready, still having Moss fine. But the fact that he was so banged up coming in is the reason why I picked Dan in my predictions. And you picked Rich because you saw mm -hmm. a team that was just still good enough and that Dan might have fallen short. And you ended up being right. 
But the fact that now he was even more banged up in this matchup and still managed to skate by, it's very impressive. So congratulations to Rich. And I, I don't know, do we want to go to to Dan's lack of production from a couple of guys? First thing, I want to say Clyde, by the way, went off on Rich's bench, 18 points. I know you love Clyde edwards Alaire, and I know he wasn't going in the lineup, but I think it's funny that Clyde just went nuts. Just throwing oh, that out there. My love-hate relationship with Clyde edwards Alaire goes back many, many years. I fucking Dude, loved him. Dude, 13. I was like, oh, wow. I like this guy. He's so little. He's so fun. He's just bouncing off dudes left and right, and then he comes to the league. and he's It's because just you like Darren Sproles, and you were just like, ooh, little guy that can move. I like that. Uh, yeah, he was good, man. He was he was a fucking – he was unreal in college. He was a great receiver. Yeah. Like, he was good, man. Thir- that was that was the Burrow yeah, year. 13 rushes for 37 yards. That was that, like, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Uh, who's the other guy? He was on Carolina for a while. Um Oh, my God. I liked him, too, but he was shit. He ended yeah, up being I, terrible. I know. Um, oh, my God. It's going to escape me. But anyway. Terrence Oh, Terrence Marshall. Marshall. He was the other one who was also very Terrence good. Terrence Marshall, who took me a yeah. year to realize was it, it wasn't Terrence Marshall. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stud. That was my uh, that was my pod screening system is if you call him Terrence, you're, I'm not That's listening good. to your pod anymore. Uh, it was like your analysis does not matter if you don't know. Let's go to Dan. We talked about Arthur. Th- or we've talked about Arthur yeah. Smith all year oh. long. We've talked about the Falcons all year long, and not just because you hate them uh, being in your division, but the debacle that has been Atlanta's offense all year long, and the lack of using your stars when you need them the most. Bijan looked like he had broken out um, recently. It looked like the usage was yeah. changed. Not only is he, you know, the best offensive player in the league, according to Arthur Smith, without the ball in his hands, but he actually looked like he was one of the best players with the ball in his hands. So Bijan looked like he had gotten over the hump. Not only does he not score this week, he actually is a negative in Dan's lineup this week with the fumble. And it's incredible. Is there a larger conversation to have here about Bijan Tones? Because when players who have talent, and you and I have seen this so many times, when players who have talent are attached to teams who don't use them the right way, we know usage is everything. Last week, I called Kyron Williams a league winner. He's not special, but he's special on the Rams. Is Bijan going to be a keeper for Dan next year? I, man, I don't know. Like his his keeper decisions going into this offseason are number one most interesting for me because of not and not even just because of who he decides to keep. Like, listen. I imagine you're keeping Bijan and just hoping shit turns around. You're not giving up an asset that is Bijan Robinson unless you absolutely are certain things are terrible. Like if they bring in a Derrick Henry in the offseason and it's Henry versus with Bijan, like then it's like, okay, like you got to absolutely evaluate. But like, yeah, you're probably not giving up on that guy. But man, it's a definite conversation, which like two weeks ago, we never would have thought, right? When the usage was going up and all that, like, and now that Arthur Smith, I put in the chat, like Arthur Smith's apparently going to be back, which is crazy to me. Like, what what have you seen from his, this man that you're like, yes, he's our guy. He's going to take us to the fucking promised land. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Bijan, when you look at the fantasy output, it's good. It's not great. There's just so many fucking weeks that it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, how do you predict... Like, you can even look at matchups, right? He plays Minnesota, and what it's a game that was 31-28. He had four fantasy points. Like, that's a game you would expect 
him to at least have 15 minimum, right? And it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's so crazy. Like, it's another kind of first overall pick now that is like, there might be a little curse going on in our league. Like, something's up here, right? There hasn't been really a slam dunk guy since, like, Tyreek Hill, which was like, what, three, four years ago? Kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, running back as a whole for Dan was the downfall this week, 100%. He'll be the first guy to tell you. Derrick Henry with three fucking points, four receptions, nine rushing yards. Like, what? Like, it's so bad. And if it wasn't for Rashad White being fucking great, it just, I don't know, it would have been really ugly for Dan. But yeah, like, I guess my take from earlier in the year was actually kind of true when those trades of for Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry weren't, I didn't think, moved the needle too much. And sure we enough, looked at Josh. here we are. Derrick Henry's another one, man. Like, Derrick Henry's in the draft. You have the fifth overall pick. You're drafting him? Like, man, that's that's a tough guy to pass, no? It is like, tough. holy and is shit. Is he still in Tennessee? Is he in a different situation? Um, Tennessee has proven to be a really successful spot for Henry over the years because of the usage, but is he on a team with a better offensive line, with a better quarterback? Can he become a player who plays less but produces more than he does than he did this year? I thought it was interesting that Josh I don't think I don't think he's one of those guys, honestly, hey, personally. I can, I think he needs the work. I think he needs twenty five carries. Like how many times have we seen it? Like he ramps up with the game, but can, right? Like, but can and I'm trying to think of a player to compare him to, and maybe, you know, Mostert is an example that we can kind of leverage right now because while Mostert gets a lot of work in between the thirties as well, Mostert has twenty touchdowns this year and is the RB two because he's a red zone weapon. So can Derrick Henry be a guy with 15 rushes, but the majority of them are in a good offense, you know, like the Rams when they're in the red zone and he is like a cannonball coming out of the, the backfield where he's healthy and rested. I'm not saying we don't have to go into a whole Derrick Henry conversation, but Just, it's an option, yeah. right? It's an option if you're a team looking. It's a tough, that's a tough ask. Like those are two very, like Derrick yeah. Henry's gigantic. I understand. He most are I do. not, you know what I mean? Like I that's the difference. Um, the yeah. one thing I wanted to tough. It's interesting. It's going to be an interesting case. Yeah, the one thing I want to say about Josh Jacobs is that we looked at this lineup this week for Dan and we're like, wow, how amazing is it that Dan can just plug in Bijan, Rashad White, and Derrick Henry and not have to worry about the fact that Josh Jacobs, who he traded a first round pick for, is on the bench. Hurt this week. It didn't end up working out across the board. And it's just that running back production from those two guys that we just mentioned, the Bijan and the Derrick Henry, ultimately his downfall. CD Lamb still putting up. That's great. But the names that we're talking about, Tones, and the reason why I mention all these guys' names is this is a situation for Dan where there's a lot of really good players on this team that just didn't show up in this week. And there's a lot of really good players on this, this team right now that are going to be in really good positions next year. CeeDee Lamb, Puka Nakua, DJ Moore, Rashad White, Bijan, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs. What does the first round look like next year? With Dan's players going back into the draft. And now if you're Dan, you think, hey, it's fine. I'm trading all my picks. I'm having the best team I can. I'm going to put these guys together. I'm going to win a championship. Now he's got no picks. I hate to rub it in. The guy's listening. It's terrible. But he's got no picks. He can't even draft these guys back. And here we are. So there's going to be guys in the first round is my point. Tough decisions that he's going to have to make in, in yeah. August next year. Yeah, big time. He's he's the, he, I got my eyes fixated yeah. on him. I'm curious. Uh, very, very curious. But who what do I care? I don't have a first. I just want to pat okay. myself on the back, okay? Because, you know, sure, I got to, okay? Been wrong about a lot of shit, but I'm right every once in a while. Do you remember two weeks ago when Terry McLaurin had that quote? And I said, look out, man, squeaky wheel treatment. He's going into the bye, but don't be surprised if he goes off after that bye. 
Go take a look at his fantasy points. 23 George, points, which was his highest production of the season. It's not close. I see over 100 yards for the first hmm. time this season and only his third hmm. touchdown of the year, Tones. 23 points. Best total in a hmm. long time. Hmm. 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 I had four wins I will this say year. This. I don't know. Jacoby Brissett. Add him to the backups list. He actually had a good week for Washington this week. Hey, 141 yards. We have a quarterback problem. We have a quarterback problem. It is bad. I it's like unwatchable on Sundays these days. Like I it's hard to and I fucking love football. Like I know it's hard to watch. Like some of these games are just like get it off my screen. Like I'm starting to like I'm getting to the point where I'm just not watching red zone and I'm just gonna like fire up the only good game in the one o'clock window with like competent quarterbacks. Like it's just man, it's ugly out there. Yep. Like it's just not good. I'm not going to repeat the same rant, yeah. but yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I was right about McLaurin. Uh, <laughs> Dan's downfall this year, did he have one? Or is it just like, hey, you had a shitty week at the it, worst man. possible I think that's it, man. I really time. liked this team. Like, I'm not looking yeah, up and I down agree. this roster and being like, hole, hole, hole. Like, I like a lot of the guys here. Like, I liked what DJ Moore was doing. Puka, CD, like those three receivers were stars. We liked what we saw from Rashad White all season long from a fantasy production standpoint, not from a, he's a special player because he's not necessarily a special player, but, and then Bijan again, like I mentioned on the turnaround, he had the tight end two on the year in, in Hawkinson. I just, I don't see a team here that deserved a 93 point output and a loss in the quarterfinals. So it's, it's tough for me. And you can say, sure, Tones, you were right in your prediction in the end, but we did see a trend changing. The waves had just washed over that take over the last few weeks from the production we saw out of Dan's team. And there's a reason why I picked this guy to win the whole damn thing this year on our previews last year, uh, last week, sorry. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you have any other thoughts mm-hmm. on that to, you know, kind of build and, and challenge, but I liked this yeah. team. I do too. And yeah, I think, I, I think it was just a product of the down week. And I mean, like, I just look at Dan, like he just does this. It feels like pretty much most years, like he just knows how to find value in so many different ways. Like looking back at the draft, man, like Hawkinson was a really hyped up player that you can maybe a little bit and maybe some people are like oh, I don't know but I like I know like myself was thinking like yeah I buy into how that last season ended and he pulls the trigger on the, at the 207 wasn't afraid of it right Rashad White yeah. end of the third round steal great fucking pick right Nakua, knowing to spend on that guy in week one spend that fab hashtag um and going out and getting CD Lamb from you and striking on that opportunity like Man, like that's just a smart way to do business. And like he just keeps doing this every year. Like it's not always about, yes, he had the first overall pick. End of the day, that pick like didn't ultimately factor into the reason why he was like extremely good this year. It was everything else, right? I to me, I point to Puka, right? It's Puka and CD. Those are the two, right? Yeah. With Rashad White as like that trio. Like those are the reasons why he was putting up like 140 points, right? And like Henry had his weeks, Jacobs had his weeks, of course, and like yeah, Bijan did have his weeks as well, but like, no, those those three guys were week in, week yep. out dominant for him, and like all three, he got in like crafty sort of ways. I don't know. I just think that's impressive, and there's a lot yep. of lessons. To I think it's there. interesting that Tyreek Hill was hurt this week for the first time this season and didn't play on Rich's team because I thought it was going to be such an interesting experiment to see the guy that Dan traded and then literally had to rebuild his entire mm. roster after trading a guy that was the wide receiver one on the year. He doesn't play for Rich. And so we see this matchup without Tyreek being a factor and Rich ends up obviously advancing and he's still on Rich's you know, roster for next week and we'll see how that goes. But 
Um, yeah, blouse to Dan. It sucks. He went down in a terrible way. And I got to be honest, I'd almost, you know, kind of rather have a situation like this. And Rob and I talked about this where you just know you're down and out and you're just so disappointed by the production than have to wait and wait and wait on Monday to see what the fuck happens. That was fucking painful for both of us. But anyway, we leave it there. We leave it there. Why don't we look ahead then to... Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah and let's, let's do it semi. first with who... I'm not talking about my yeah. fans. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah, what? Definitely. That's great. Um, let's start with Rich. Uh, incognito windows already. Yeah, open. we're going to have time for you to start doing these things, Tones. We got, we're, we're on a schedule here. Uh, but <laughs> let's do Rich first. Oh, that's going to get clipped too. We're on a tough stretch here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pulling it together, my computer's at 10%, I don't know where my charger is. So here's where we're at. Rich, who was the four seed and beat Dan, as we just mentioned, is a little banged up and he's going into a situation where he's going to have to perform going up against Franco, who averaged the most points for in our league this year. It's the one versus the four. Tones, I'll throw it over to you first. What are you looking for in this matchup? What stands out? Are there mismatches? And are you going to stick to your guns and who you got winning this thing? Let's see. Let's look through some practice shit here, eh? Team is optimistic on Tyreek Hill. Didn't practice. Okay, I like that. Uh, Let's get Aaron Jones the fuck out of the lineup. The big thing that I'm looking at is Jonathan Taylor has zero injury designation. It's estimated as a full participant. I assume that means they had a walkthrough. They did. But Zach Moss didn't. So that that's kind of interesting. Like, if Zach Moss doesn't play but Taylor's back and Taylor gets the full workload... Against Atlanta in a dome, I like that a lot. Don't be surprised if he's in the lineup. Uh, and Pacheco's the other big one as well. So I, for me, it's if Rich gets his dogs back. It seems like he's going to get at least yeah. a handful of them back, at least two or three. Sounds like Pittman will be back. To me, Pittman's like such a key cog in this. It's that three-receiver set of Tyreek, AJ, and Pittman. And like, yes, Tyreek is a massive loss, but Pittman's like floor of getting like eight receptions for like 70 yards yeah. is so massive. And like... It's just essential, honestly. So I think I'm sticking to my guns here. I believe in Rich's team. The Josh Allen at LA Chargers matchup is just, mwah, that is just <laughs> sex on a plate. Can you have sex on a plate, American sure. Pie? Um, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. I mean, you, you could probably. I think sure you it should be on a platter Ouch. versus a plate. I think that deserves to be a, a platter option. It's like more luxurious. Too. Yeah, nice silver. Nice it's silver on yeah, the ass. This is nice. flying off the rails. So. Oh, we're way off the rails. So we're way off the rails. Do you still have Rich advancing? Because you had picked this correctly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. I do. I do. I'm sticking I'm having it. a really tough away. time with this because Franco missing both Keenan Allen and the production he was getting out of his flex spot, whether that's the Brian Robinson, Adam Thielen, guys who were performing earlier in the year. It's a little ugly when I look and see Dalton Kincaid sitting beside Travis Kelsey in his tight end and and flex spot because Kelsey, I said this weeks ago, man, Kelsey hasn't been the same Kelsey we've seen this year. So is the floor, it is the floor that you're getting out of Jalen Hurts, who was so sick this week and sick, I mean like ill and did not play well. Debo Samuel, who has looked incredible. 
Devontae Adams, Jordan Addison, who now has JJ back, Tony Pollard and Kamara. That's six players to lead off his roster, okay? If we just chop off the bottom half of this team, is that good enough to beat Rich's guys? And I think it is, but Rich has the same question marks that you mentioned as well. It's Tyreek Hill, Michael Pittman, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, who's playing? And then depending on who's actually healthy, who's Rich going to start? Is Pacheco back? Do you want that matchup against Las Vegas? So it's like... There are so many question marks with the rosters that we're looking at right now. End of the day, we saw production out of Franco last week on his, you know, air quotes, bye week there. So I, I just, if Rich's team is healthy, I like Rich's team. But if we're talking about a banged up Tyreek and Pittman doesn't play, I just can't pick him. I can't pick him in this spot because I see consistency out of Franco. And I saw 113 out of Rich last week. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think my shit changes if like Tyreek and Pittman don't play, but like I'm just assuming everyone's back at this point. Like dudes are practicing. They're optimistic about Hill. Sounds like Pittman's fine. Like, I don't know. Those two guys alone, that's fine gotcha. by me. So I'll stick with it. But yeah, so that's it. That's all. Uh, that's where I'm going with that. What's uh, what's the other? Let's get to your fucking matchup over here. Hey, oh, hey, oh, two, 10 and four teams. You versus Nick. Oh, my God. They're going to lose to a Dotto. No, don't do it. Doris beat him. Fuck. Give me a break. Uh, I'm sticking my guns on this one, too. It's just as simple as that. Like, it's just fucking, it's Nick Dotto, man. It's fucking Nick Dotto. Jefferson against Detroit is really nice. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of points in that game. Um, I don't even care about the, like, secondary players, the lockets and all that shit. Yeah. I don't care. Jefferson, McCaffrey, end of discussion. I'm on to the next. Rasheed Rice, by the way, has been fucking amazing. I think I saw a stat. He's in, like... Last like six weeks or four weeks or something like that. He's been like the wide receiver three. He's been really good. Had another good week again last week. Um, they someone's got to catch the fucking ball there. You know what I mean? So let's hope that that continues for Nick. But yeah, I that's all I care about. I think that's going to be a lot, and you're going to have to put up a pretty big number. That's it right there. Rasheed Rice, by the way, um, his 20, 10, 14, 19, his last four weeks. That 20 was his highest output of the season. Yeah. He had 107 yards on 10 targets and a touchdown. That was against Vegas, who they play this week, except this time it's in Kansas City. Yeah. That is a secondary. Yes, and they that's need right. a win. That's a secondary player for Nick. But I like what you said. It doesn't matter about the supplementary players. And we've talked about this with Nick's team for years. With Christian McCaffrey and with Justin Jefferson and Lamar Jackson and Mike Evans. Fuck, we have to at least mention this guy's name right now. Like with Mike Evans there, when I pair up each of Nick's guys against my guy that they're going up against in those situations... I like Nick Guy better. And, and even as much as I love Kyron Williams, how the fuck can I say anything negative about Christian McCaffrey, who's just obviously the best player in fantasy football? So I like my players, but I like Nick's team more. And it sucks because I have made it here and I cannot fathom going up against Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, and George Kittle, all who play on the final game on Christmas Day at 8.15 in Monday Night Football. By the way, he also has Rasheed Rice and Harrison Bucker playing on Monday at 1 p.m. Because, like, it's Christmas Day, so we have three games. It just happens to be on a Monday. So half of Nick's roster, and arguably the best half of Nick's roster, not talking about his kicker, but some of the best players he has in this matchup are going on Monday. And that is crushing, because I've got to wait all that time to see if Darren Waller and Jake Elliott can put up some points on Monday to keep up with these guys. So, anyway, it's... uh, I'm glad we're here and we'll see what happens, but I am not feeling anywhere near the confidence that I was feeling against Rob last week. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> well, then you said it was an unsatisfying win, which I don't know what the fuck you don't that believe meant. It. 
how is winning a playoff game in any fa- in any matter because unsatisfying? The way it happened. Bastard. Watching that game and watching guys not produce for three plus hours was crushing to watch. What a waste of my time. But then and they then did. they did in the final minute of the game. Thanks for showing up, boys. I was texting Rob. I'm like, you and I both probably had the same idea in mind, right? My guys go off in the first quarter. This game's over. We shut it off. We go to bed. And he's like, that's hilarious. Like, like exactly. Instead, we waited until the second last play of the game to get some sort of a, a decision. But anyway, whatever. Neither here nor there. Do we quickly do the loser bracket before we wrap up today, Tones? Oh, sure. Yeah, just twist the knife. Fuck it. Yeah, eh, let's talk loser bracket. Ryan has two teams. It's me and him. It's Mike and CRG. That's that's who we care about, right? Those three teams. And that's the interesting it. thing is that Ryan Fuck my and life. you being on separate sides of the bracket. So Ryan, the 10 seed, taking on Christian, the 7 seed. You, the 9 seed, taking on Mike, the 8 seed. A win by you and a win by Ryan means Ryan's picking 1 and 2 because Ryan has your first round pick just for what it's worth. And we did this before we recorded. For first round pick status when it comes to this loser bracket, Ryan has his first, he has your first tones, and he has Nick's first. Mike Dotto has his first, Dan's first, and Rich's first. So those are championship bracket guys. Janera has his first, you don't have your first. So just... In terms of what it means, it's really coming down to Ryan and you. I don't think there's an Ian book that you can pick up this year to destroy Ryan's hopes and dreams. And he called you out hard in the chat for that disgusting behavior that you're about to put on display again. But just despicable. Here's the thing. I don't even know what to do. Like... Diggs has been terrible. Do I bench him? Like, I don't know. I might just, I honestly might just ride it out. Like, I don't fucking like, I'm not going to make any crazy moves. Like, this is my defense. This is my fucking, let's let the ships fall where they may. Again, this is random guys. I'm not going to repeat the same fucking thing, but I'm not doing you guys any fucking favors. Like enough, enough with this. I'm not fucking doing it again. Can't believe I'm in this fucking situation again. So annoying. And also, yeah, like I'm not here to be the good guy. I don't give a fuck. I really don't care. And also, I was trying to win all year and if with a fucking good team, and I won four games. So, suck a dick. No one knows. No one knows. I'll have Ryan. Ryan will start my lineup this week. Ryan, you put the lineup you want this week in the chat. I'll fucking do it. I don't give a shit. Well, I got you beating Mike for what it's worth. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then and great. then on the other side great on the other side Thrilled i got ryan beating genera because because christian <laughs> currently has justin herbert what, what hold on we're actually we're not but i just want to say something who the fuck i just want to say Roll the dice. genera has justin herbert who's on the ir sitting in his qb spot and no other qb on the roster um so we'll see what happens but i got ryan and then in you versus Ryan, uh, I'll just pick Ryan. And Ryan wins the first overall pick, and you get the <laughs> second pick, but you don't, and that's it. Yeah, You're that's a great. genius. That's what's going to happen. You heard it here first. That's great. That's, great. Uh, that's all I got, Tom. I like it. Sure. Thanks for doing this. All right. Yeah, man. I'm going to no, go cry it's, myself it's okay. to sleep. You're going to be fine. We made it with 6% left in my computer, by nice. the way. This is wonderful. I have to use the washroom. I'm dehydrated. I have strep throat. It's just been a just a tough couple weeks over here, but... Uh, Rich's, te- Rich's team name is Olave Garden still. I'd just like to point that out he's, for the 85th year. He's going to win because of that. He's it's unbelievable. No, no, no. You can- Kamish. Kamish. Fucking, what if you know what to do. All right. You got to lean the versus Rich down. in the finals, which, right. by the way, would be a rematch of our fantasy baseball keeper league finals where Rich beat me in the finals this year. B- what base- sport baseball. is that? What? They hit it with a bat. 
No. Okay. No, that's not real. What if it was me versus Rich? Oh, Tommy's not a Blue Jay. And Rich won with Olave Garden. Do I then still get to enact commish duties to retract his his championship? Is that possible? A hundred percent. You will be the winner, dude. You congratulations on your chip. Michael throw an asterisk on it for the rest of time. I will not because that's justified. You have a stupid team name like that on a guy that you traded in week fucking three and you win. That is malpractice. And we're sitting here talking about my starting and not starting of players in the loser bracket. This is so much worse. This is disrespectful to the whole Maduk trophy to fucking everybody involved to Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings put the team on his back and Rich is sitting here with a stupid team name. It's awful. Get out of here, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm flipping my pick. Franco's winning. Let's go. Well, I guess we'll see everybody next week then. <laughs> oh, I'm burning it down. I'm burning it down. Everyone's coming down with me. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, everyone's coming hey, down Tom, with look me. At me. It's going to be great. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas. Ah, fuck Christmas. Right. Christmas well, I don't know sucks. what else to do. I'm, Merry I'm, Christmas to you, I'm, too. I'm hurting you, guys. Uh, I got to get somebody else on the pod with me next week. I don't want to be with this guy anymore. This guy's just bringing me down. That's it. Enough. <laughs> Christmas most overrated holiday, bar none. No questions asked. Um, I'm not going to play a single Christmas song. I'm not going to watch a single Christmas movie except Die Hard because, of course. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Enjoy yourself, Tones. I hope Santa brings you something nice, all right? <laughs> You're so mad right now. <laughs> Door- You're getting, getting cold in your stocking this year, man. I'm not sending you a card, nothing. That's fine. As long as the baby, I could get all the coal. As long as the baby's happy, it's all. All right. Well, in all seriousness, have a great holiday. I'll see you next week. Chats. You too, buddy.